worry. Worry is the misuse Worry is the misuse of your imagination. But shouldn't we should have to worry. We need to think about it in some good terms, not the bad terms. So forget about worry. Use your imagination correctly. Amen. Father, we praise you. We just give you thanks as we look to your word this morning. Thank you, Lord, that your Holy Spirit is here, Father God. That each believer has the Holy Spirit within them, Father God. And I'm thanking the Lord as the word goes forth, Father God. Greater revelation knowledge comes into each and every one of us, Father God. To further our maturity, Father God. To walk in the principles that you've given us. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. Have you ever walked by a restaurant or the donut shop? Of course. And you crave something. Every time I go past that. I have not yet gone into uh, the donut shop on Main Street. But I will. <laughs> it, it has a drawing factor. Every time I go to Harbor Freight, I just kind of look over there. See, I'm, I think I'm not going to go in for a donut specifically. I know this is getting way off. I'm going to go in for a, a ice coffee. On a day like this, it's perfect. But anyway, uh, or possibly on a hot, sizzling day, glory to God, you want a cold drink or a cold beverage, amen? And maybe even when the new cars come out, boy, you know, your eye, my eyes got bright and, you know, you guys, uh, new cars come out and, and you have new heights of interest in the new cars. What do they have? What what? What possibilities do I have with a new car, you know? Um, in other words, you long for something. Amen? Your thoughts are so strong that you will meditate on each and everything. Hoping and wishing even that your desire will come to pass. So how desperate are you? Your thoughts lead to your desires. So if we'll turn to the book of Mark, that's the book of Mark, that real little three, three M section of your Bible. Mark chapter 11. Mark chapter 11. And we'll go to a familiar verse, verse 24. That's Mark 11, 24. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever ye desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. Desire. Uh, the, the Strong's Concordance uh, for the Greek is five, pardon me, 154. And it means to ask, request, or even beg. It means you, the inferior one is asking the superior one to do something for you. So that's good news. And then if we'll uh, go further into the New Testament and go to the book of Luke, chapter 14 this time. Luke chapter 14. 
And we will go to verse 32. And I'll read it from the Amplified. That's verse 32, Luke 14.32. And if he cannot do so, when the other king is still great way off, he sends an envoy and asks of terms of peace. So this is, this is uh, from the, pardon me, from the King James's. Or else the other is yet a great way off. He sends us off an ambassador and desires conditions of peace. Now this desire from Webster's Dictionary means a strong wish, a longing for, to ask for something, an urgent request to want intently. The one who's asking stands on equal ground with the other individual. Okay. If, if, desire, if desire is not in your life, God's best will not happen in your life. If desire is not in your life, God's best will not happen in your life. Psalms, go to Psalms 34. Uh, pardon me, 37, Psalms 37, verse 4. Psalms 37, verse 4. Delight thyself in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of thy heart. Glory to God. This desire is uh, 4862 in your Strong's Concordance. It means a request or petition. Glory to God. A request or petition. So why is this not happening? Delight yourself in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Why are not our desires not happening, according to Psalms 37.4? Most of us have settled into a routine of just getting by. Day by day, week after week, month after month, we get nothing, and we learn to expect nothing. Because your desires aren't there anymore. We say, well, you know, that's it's not important anymore. Uh, this is not what God has intended for us. Um, uh, a mediocre life. He doesn't want you to be, leave a mediocre, live a mediocre life. He desires that you be blessed abundantly Amen. above and beyond what you ask, dream, or think. So, you know, the desire is here, but he says, I've got something even greater. Boy, that's good news. I'm not just going to get a donut, I'm going to cake. You know, what I'm saying, he's going to give us something better. But you've got to have that desire, your thought, okay? The power of desire is vital to the believer. The power of desire is vital to the believer. For it gives hope that establishes faith to bring about the manifestation of that desire. Let me read that again. The power of desire is vital to the believer. For it gives hope that establishes faith to bring about the manifestation of that desire. Let's go to Proverbs, since we're in the Old Testament. Proverbs chapter 11 this time. Proverbs chapter 11. 
It's Proverbs chapter 11, and we will look at verse 23. The desire of the righteous is only good. From the Amplified, it reads, the desire of the consistently righteous. There there's a word there. Consistently, all the time. Righteous brings only good. Then we have the end of it. But the expectations of the wicked is wrath. Oh, no good. This desire here, in uh, this sentence, is 8378. It means a longing for satisfaction. A longing for satisfaction. Some, so this desire is a longing for satisfaction. God has, uh, for each, each of us, something to do. And with the power of desire, you can accomplish the things that God has called you to do. We need that power of desire. The thought, then, then the desire. Okay. Uh, we have to learn to harness desire because it can be good or bad. Um, so, so the key for an exciting Christian life is to have great desire. God's type of desire. If we do not desire the things of God, your life will be nothing but boring. So if you're having a boring life, uh-oh, you've got your desires in the wrong place. We need to have the desires that God wants and has put in our thought life. Okay? Let's go now to the book of Hebrews. Going to Hebrews chapter 12. Glory to God. We're moving on quickly here. Hebrews chapter 12. <clears throat> Hebrews chapter 12, looking at verse 3. For consider him that endures such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be weary and faint in your minds. When we as Christians... Uh, Faint in our minds, we lack desire. If you faint in your minds, you lack desire. The word faint here in, in your Strong's Concordance is 1590. This, this faint means a stealer or a thief, a robber. A thief steals your desire. This is terribly sad when you think of it. When you have a desire and, and it's removed because of not following through on what God's called you to do. In the natural, if you were robbed, you would call on the police. Amen? Well, most of us would. And give them any necessary uh, information to solve the robbery, to get your goods back returned. Uh, we as Christians... And the spiritual realm need to have such a desire. When we know that it's starting to be, if you think it's being stolen, you need to put a protection around it. Amen? Uh, in, the spiritual, in, in, in the spiritual realm, most people, when they get robbed, they just let it go by, hello, and say, well, it was never meant to be. How many had a desire and, you know, it just, it, and it, it he said, well, this is the greatest thing ever, and it just didn't come to pass. He said, well, it must not be. be. That's not what it is. 
you let that desire, you let it, it became faint. It was robbed from you. We have been programmed by the world to accept anything negative. I mean, you know, the, the world is full of negative things. And, uh, and if you say something right, amen or something, people look at you like, boy, what turnip truck did you fall off of? You know, what's wrong with you? Amen, what? Or, the only time you hear a good word is when you sneeze. God bless you, God bless you. But any other time, you know, what? What do you mean? They look at you strange. Why? Because we, we're, we're programmed to think in the negative. Anything positive is considered to be somewhat weird. You're weird when you say something positive. The world says that about Christians. Your people are weird. You believe the word of God. How weird is that? That can't be. The Wright brothers, let me give you an example. The Wright brothers uh, had a desire to fly ever since they were little kids. Um, and they were considered a little bit neurotic. You know, I mean, those days, you know, flying was only for the birds. But here they were, you know, a couple of kids wanting to fly. You know, they were running out of the dunes and flapping their arms. Nobody's ever played Superman and jumped off, jumped off the porch with, the, with the, your cape on. Yeah, well, okay, you, you better, I'm not saying go back to your childhood, but uh, <laughs> just don't jump off the roof and try, try something else, okay? Anyway, uh, the uh, Wright brothers, um, they were considered a little bit, you know, weird, uh, but uh, the Wright brothers' family, either was a father or the grandfather, was a minister of the gospel. And... When you get, have the gospel put you forth, anything is possible. So why not fly? Okay? So they had a positive attitude about flying. And so happy they did. A lot of us would still be traveling by horseback or a train or a car, but now you can fly. And some people are even signing up for rocket going on in space and coming back. They want to try it, you know. I don't have any feelings to do that. <laughs> I'm going to go up a different way. <laughs> okay, let's go to Psalms 145. In Psalms 145, we're looking at desire this morning. Yeah. Psalms 145. Okay, verse 19. Psalms 145, 19. From the, uh, from the Amplified. That's Psalms 145, 19. And he will fulfill the desires of those who reverently and worshipfully fear him. He will also hear their cry, and he will save them. So when you give reverence to God, the desires that you have, he says he's going to do what? He's going to fulfill them. So don't put your desires on the side. Don't, leave, don't be robbed or be faint on your desires. 
God says he will fulfill those desires. Glory to God. Above and beyond what you believe or think. Amen. Glory to God. Okay. In respect they have for God and his will, he will respect your will or your desire. Let's now... Uh, I got prop here, but that's not wrong. Let's, <laughs> let's go to Proverbs. And we're going to go to chapter 1. Proverbs chapter 1. We're looking at what desire? Okay, this is going to match up with Psalms 145. Proverbs 1, 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fools despise the wisdom and instruction. Glory to God. We are to receive knowledge from the scriptures. That desire. Learn, learn be more intent in, in God's word. Um, again, listen. Desire sparks hope that motivates faith. Desire is the foundation for faith, you could say, or thoughts or foundation for faith. Your goal is, is something you want to accomplish. But it takes faith, and faith needs hope, and hope needs to be released by desire to move in the right direction. Okay. Let's go back to, well, since we're in that neighborhood, not neighborhood, let's go back to Psalms. I know you'll love me. 37, Psalms 37. Psalms 37, looking at verse 4. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of thy heart. Remember, desires start with the thought in the mind, and from there it gives faith or hope a target for faith to grab. Okay, and I know you go back to Proverbs, Proverbs 13. Why is desire so strong? Look, look what happens when you faint in your desire. Proverbs 13. Verse 12. Proverbs 13, 12. It reads, Hope deferred makes the heart sick. Wow. When you defer heart, when you defer your, your <laughs> get this out. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when desire cometh, look at. But when desire cometh, it is a tree of life. So you have to have that desire. You have to have that thought. And if you have that desire, it gives you life. But too many Christians are walking around bound because they don't have any desire. And if they don't have any desire, what happens to life? It's a dead tree, not a live tree. Nothing. Desire 
you could say, waters or gives life to your hope. Desire, desire gives water or life to your hope. And once you have hope, you press on with faith. Glory to God. Okay. Now, let's go to Matthew chapter 7. Oh, you got a lot of scripture today. Matthew chapter 7. In Matthew chapter 7, we're talking about thought or desire. Matthew 7, verse 7. Ask, and it shall be given unto you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened to you. What does that talk about? Ask. Is that about a desire? The quality of asking, seeking, and knocking are all characteristics of desire that produces results. Ask, seek, or knock. There's results when you chase after your desire by asking, seeking, and knocking. Okay, we looked at this, but we'll look at it again. Mark, Mark, book of Mark, chapter 11, once, one more time. Mark 11, 24. Therefore I sent you, that's Mark 11, 24. Therefore I sent you what things ye desire. When you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Desire is cultivated by prayer. Desire is cultivated by prayer. All crops must be cultivated if they are to grow and produce. Or else they will not grow. There will be weeds getting in the way and they will fade away and die. You must see your desire or paint that desire before your eyes. That's that hope. Constantly, this should be a constant thing. Your desire should be a constant thing. We shouldn't be let it go. Um, desire should be real. It places a demand on your faith or your hope and your faith for your faith to go into action. If you have a desire, your hope is out there and it puts pressure on faith to go into action for that desire that you're believing for. But you, your, your faith has to have some action. It just can't be dormant faith. Too many of us have, we have the desire, we have that hope, and then when it comes to faith, we say, My, our faith will take care. No, faith is now, but it need, you need to move or have action with your faith. Amen? Faith draws upon the supernatural. Faith draws upon the new, supernatural. Until you allow God's word to be paint, paint a picture on the inside of you, you can't grow. Or you won't get that desire. You've got to have that picture painted on the inside of you. Okay. The desires you cultivate through hope that stimulates your faith will always produce the proper results. Desires that you cultivate through hope that stimulates your faith will always produce results. That's the active faith now. 
since we're in Mark, let's back up a few chapters to Mark chapter 4 this time. In Mark chapter 4, we read, or we see, let's begin with, oh. Mark 4, looking at verse 26. Mark 4, 26. And he said, so is the kingdom of God as if a man should cast seed into the ground. Your desires, your thoughts are like seeds. When, these, when desires are planted in hope, they take root and begin to grow. Think about that. As hope targets the desire, it's, it is activated by faith. That will produce the outcome. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Now, there are three principles to desire. And we're getting ready to close up already. Boy, we fast this morning again. Okay. Remember, desires work like seeds. They have to be planted in hope. Hope is a groundwork. You plant it, you water it with, through your meditation, and then... It gets, faith gets a hold of it and brings it in. Okay, the pre, three principles of desire. Whatever you desire deeply and strongly, whether good or bad, begins an immediate process of producing real things in your life. Whatever you desire deeply or strongly, whether good or bad, begins the immediate process of producing the real things in your life. We must be aware that even negative things can take place if we are not guarding our thoughts or our desires. When we let the old man, the old sinful self, take control, it can bring about disastrous results. The disastrous results begin to start off as murmuring and complaining and blaming others for our lack of opportunity for success. Oh, if it wasn't for so-and-so, I would have got that lucky ticket. They got, they got in front of me. You know, I mean, they, you have all sorts of, of uh, complaints. Okay. Number two, your level of desire will determine your decree, degree, pardon me, your level of desire will determine your degree of experience in every area of life, your level of desire. So if you've got a strong level of desire, you're going to, like it says, if you have desire the way God wants it, you will be successful. In other words, how deep, how strong are you rooted in that desire? It's just, you know, oh, well, I'll do so in another time. Having no ambition or zeal, or fortitude will certainly limit your capacity to bring forth your desires. Having no ambition, zeal, or fortitude will limit your capacity to bring forth your desires. In fact, you will be a hope so, maybe so, until so, waiting so, until you die so. 
It's not going to be. Your desires have to be strong. Some Christians never realize or receive any blessings unless they stumble over them. Wow, I never saw that before. You know, that's a blessing. I never saw that before. You know, you just stumble on it. You get a blessing sometimes like that way. Um, why? Because there's no any intense desire to receive it. Uh, your Bible in one area says that it's a field that has treasure in it. Now, what do, I'm not going to say, what do, in the pirate movies, what, what do you see? If they, if they have a treasure, what do they do? They have a map. They tell you how to get there. You find the map and say, this is where Captain Kidd, you know, put all his gold and rubies and everything. And so, and you follow that map and the people look and try to find it. Uh, one, of, one of the famous like movies I like was Raiders of the Last. Uh, Raiders of the Last. Last. Yeah, there you go. I like that because they, they, they were going, going after it, you know. They had a desire to follow through on it. We have to have the same desire. But it says, the word says, there's nuggets in this. And you have to what? Dig them out. I mean, some of them are very deep. Others will give you, a, 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 you know, some will say, this is how to do it. And it'll tell you how to get there, but then you have to dig for it. That's the way God is. He gives you the treasure you have to dig for. It. All right, glory. And there's a lot of nuggets in there that each and every one of us should be uh, desiring. When you see, oh man, that that is neat. That sounds good. That sounds good. But we just let it go by. Whatever I put my hand to shall prosper. Oh man, I just really messed up on that one. What happened to your prosperity there? Because you put your hand to it, and now you don't believe it because something wrong with it. What happened to your desire? Cut off, faint. It was stolen from you, robbed. Okay, glory to God, hallelujah. If you're lacking in life, it is due to your level of desire. If you're lacking in life, it's due to your level of desire. Number three, desire must reside in the heart to be programmed for specific results. Desire Residing in the heart can be programmed for special or specific results. You are a Christian because you began with a thought or a desire. Can that be so? Can I be saved? Inventions are the product or produced because someone had a desire for them. Once you accept the idea and meditate upon it, the rooting process begins. Your roots go down and dig. When this happens, desire begins to receive energy and inspiration on how to see the real things come to pass. That inspiration is hope. This is when faith and desire begin to work together. Okay. Secondly, uh, on this desire here on part three, you must plant 
ideas of your own choosing sometimes, not what the world dictates to you. Don't plant desires that the world puts into your mind. Use what God tells you to do. You'd be better off. Okay, let's go to where are we at? We are in Mark. Mark chapter 4, one more time. Mark chapter 4, looking at verse 24. Jesus is speaking, and he said unto them, Take heed what you hear, with what measure you meet, it shall be measured to you, and unto you that hear shall be more given. So the desire, what it, your desire is God opens up those doors and you, you begin to meditate upon it, greater, greater things will take place. Glory to God. You will experience what you desire. In other words, he's saying, whatever you're experiencing now stems from previous desires. Whatever you're experiencing now stems from your previous desires, whether it's good, bad, spiritual, or carnal. You're living in it. The way to assure God's desire and success is to make a habit of committing your, your will and works on God. Place your thoughts, ideas, and desires in the hands of the Lord and be successful. Okay. Title, Importance of Desire. All right, quiz time. Remember what the quiz question was last week? What was Moses' wife's name? Do, do you know? Okay. Tell me. Zipporah. And he, and he had two children by Zipporah. Okay. Was there any others? I gave you two scriptures. Hmm. Did you look up numbers? Okay, let's go to numbers. I'm curious to know here. Let's go to numbers. Numbers 12. Are you ready? Numbers 12, verse 1. Now, Jacobed was his mother. Okay, Numbers 1, uh, 12, verse 1. And Miriam and Aaron spake against Moses because of the Ethiopian woman who he, what? What is this? Moses had two wives. Oh, how about that? You get that one? And verse 4, And the Lord spake suddenly to Moses and to Aaron and to Miriam, Come out ye, come out ye three unto the tabernacle of the congregation, and they came out. And you'll find out that uh, Miriam, because of she chided Moses, You married an Ethiopian woman. But it said in 
Exodus, did we read in Exodus? Yeah, Exodus, that he married Zipporah. So when did this happen? That, that's that's it, that you don't have to catch it there, but if you look in the book of, um, not the book of, but uh, can you, I never get his name right. Josephus' book. He says that when, uh, you remember when, when uh, I'll take it back to the book of Acts, when Stephen was being stoned, he, he recited what was taking place. He spoke about uh, Moses. Well, Moses, as he's growing up in, in the Egyptian li livelihood, and he was, you know, adopted by his second mother, he became, he became, as he grew up, he became a general. And they had a war with Ethiopia. And he conquered Ethiopia. And it was oftentimes when the conqueror came in, he got a wife. And uh, that's where it came in at. And let me, the Ethiopian princess was Tarbis, T-H-A-R-B-I-S. And she apparently, um, uh, Sephora had passed away or something. And when Moses was coming back, going into new land, he brought his, new, his old, old new wife in with him. Because they said, wow, how dare you? You, you married out. Okay. Are you ready for next week's quiz? According to the book of Proverbs, who is compared to a ma madman who throws firebrands, arrows, and death? Is it the scoffer? The adulterer or the deceiver? Proverbs chapter 26, verses 18 and 19 will give you the answer. Okay, glory to God. Anybody need prayer this morning? I don't know if you're enjoying the quiz or not. I'm, I'm finding it to be a little... Some insightful things. Of glory to God. Well, let's all stand. Glory. Don't forget to pick up your, your new calendar of, of events. Looking good. Looking good. So, Father, we are praising you and we're giving you thanks. We thank you, Lord, that you put the thoughts, the desires, the hope, and the faith to fulfill the desires, Father God, that you've given us. And I thank you, Lord, that as we go, Father God, we are the blessed coming in and blessed going out. And Father God, that we can be a blessing to those that we come in contact with this day and throughout this work, week, I should say. In Jesus' name, amen.